0: Hey, I'm Ben Ramos, and I get the privilege of serving here as the senior pastor. We are a church all about the authentic power of God coupled with sound theology, because God's given us His inerrant, infallible Word, and in it, He calls us to be people who are filled by His Holy Spirit, people who are empowered by His Holy Spirit, and people who are led by His Holy Spirit. As a local congregation, God's called us to help people take steps in their relationship with Jesus, to see them rise from death to life and glory to glory. I just want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. I truly pray and I hope that this message would be an encouragement to you and your life that it would help you to recognize that the mission field is all around you, and that it would help you to take steps in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed. Well, as a church, we are in this season of transition. And it's, it, if I'm honest, the season of transition probably should never end. Because the things of the kingdom of God continue to move. We continue to look for fresh ways to disciple. We continue to look for fresh ministries. We continue to look for fresh church to, churches to be planted. We, we continue to look for fresh ways that God's moving. Right? We, can, we just continue to step in and step up and say, yes, Lord. But in this season, God is calling us to a new name and a new identity. And it is Rise. Rise. Because we will be a church that rises. We'll be a people that continue to rise up. We'll be a church that has our worship and our prayers rise up. We're going to see God continue to move in different ways that cause us to rise up. And as we lay out this season, as we continue to walk through this season, I've communicated how important it is for us to know what it is that God is doing, how he's calling us to walk it out, someone say walk it out, walk it out, how he's calling us to walk it out, and to help people through it, and so in this series, I Will Rise, this is what we're doing, we're laying this out, we're laying out what God is calling us to do, how how he's calling us to do it, and trying our best to walk with people through it, and um, as we've laid out our mission, we recall that the mission of every church has been given by Jesus Christ to go and make disciples. Now, every church has a different context, has a different people group, has a, a, a different sphere of influence. And so the mission of that church should be articulated in a specific way that would aid that church to walk into reaching those people and carrying out this mission, this great co-mission. So where we've discussed uh, making disciples, this is our call. The way that we've laid it out practically is we're going to help people take steps with Jesus. And there's always a step to be had. And this lays it out. Within every single thing that we do, we're going to be asking this question. Within every ministry, we're going to be asking this question. How does sound ministry? How does the, uh, we've got a, you've heard of the dream team? We have the stream team right? How does stream team, how does me, how does every single ministry aid people in taking steps with Jesus? This is our mission. But within our mission, we also have to have a vision. So our vision is what we're all about. So our mission is what we're doing, and our vision is kind of like, if our mission is our destination, our vision is kind of like our 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 guardrails. You guys ever like They keep us. They keep us in the lane of what God's calling us to do, and so our vision is that we are dedicated to sound theology, coupled with the authentic power of God. Now, uh, I've heard this articulated, I think, recently uh, by by Kelly. We were hanging out. Uh, we were we were all hanging out with your family recently, and you guys said, um, "Remember." Jesus said that his people would worship in spirit and in truth. And I said, yes, that that will be us. We will be a people that worship in spirit and in truth. How do we know truth? It's from his word. God gives us truth. Don't get it twisted. There is truth. And that's written in the scripture. We see this in 2 Timothy 3.16. Matt, if you want to pull that up. It says, all scripture is breathed out by God, that it's profitable for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. So this is where we start. This place of the word of God. People say, I, I, don't, I have trouble hearing the voice of God. Well, this is my first question. How much time are you spending in his word because he's speaking through it every time you read through it? It's where we got to start. It's one of our, our main bumpers. And the other huge conviction that I have is that the Bible says that we're supposed to be filled with the Spirit of God. When we give our lives to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us. He invites us to Holy Spirit empowerment where the Spirit of God would come upon us, empowering us to do the things that he's called us to do. He calls us to be led by him. We're called to walk, walk in the Spirit. Yeah, you can go ahead and pull that up, whoever was just doing that. Yeah, Galatians 2, 3. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works or of the law or by hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? And it's this this almost like dumbfounded question that I love to ask. Within, uh, within Christianity, within following Jesus, it's in order to actually receive the word of God, we've had to have the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So we've begun by the Spirit of God. Why would we continue without any focus on the Spirit of God? Hit me with Galatians five sixteen, please. Says, but I say walk by the spirit. Someone say it, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. Walk by the spirit. This is life. This is like moment by moment life. And this is what I'm calling us to as a church. This is what we're going to be all about. Sound theology. From the Bible, an authentic power of God. In other words, we're listening, we're paying attention. What is God doing right here, right now? And how can, how is he calling me to partner with him? He works through us in different ways. And we'll continue to, to lay that out as we jump back into spiritual gifts again. But this is who we are. Our mission is helping people take steps with Jesus. Our vision is being dedicated to sound theology coupled with the power of God. Now, how are we going to lay this out? And one of the ways that I want to do that is I'm going to start by introducing um, Eric Strom. If you would go ahead and come. Eric is going to be uh, sharing a little bit with us, and there's some real revelation in what the Lord's been speaking to him, and it, it gives some clear perspective as to one of the things that gets in the way of so much of us in making disciples and taking steps with Jesus. In, um well, I'm, I don't want to take away your whole message. So I'm going to uh, pass it over to Eric to share with us what the Lord's been speaking to him about. And I, I, I believe it's truly a word for this moment that we need to hear. So Eric, I'll go ahead and hand over to you. Are you? Okay, there we go. Can you hear me now?
1: Okay, thank you. Where are my notes? Oh, my gosh. I'm a career educator. I don't have any notes today. Guess what I'm speaking on? Insecurity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no notes. Teacher. But I want to talk to you about. Yeah, and, and I. it's a life story, so I don't need notes to tell a life story. But it's how God took a spirit of insecurity. And I think it's one of the enemy's most insidious, sneaky, hidden plans that he has for the Christian church of being insecure. Because if we don't know who we are in Christ and who he is in us, we're powerless. But when we start to understand our identity in Him and His identity in us, then there's nothing impossible. And I liked what Ben talked about last week. <laughs> I got to pray first, though, so, because he's taking me down roads. that I don't know. I'm wearing a hat. It's part of my object lesson. Okay? So, Father, today really... I give you complete permission to go wherever you want to go. And uh, I just love how you prepare us in worship because you are so, so good. And so I give you complete permission, Lord. I want you to speak through me. I think I know I, that I have a direction, but uh, whatever you want to speak. So I just would ask that it would bring glory, that I would it would bring encouragement, and it would bring freedom. And we give all the praise and glory in your precious name, Jesus. Thank you, Father. But last week, Ben mentioned about Pentecost Sunday and about tongues and speaking in tongues and where that came from, the confusion of tongues. And and, and I've asked a number of uh, theologically scholarly people and, and about, you know, What about the Tower of Babel when tongues got confused? Do you think that Pentecost was the time where God restored that? So what was the curse placed on the people at the Tower of Babel? God was saying, they're trying to get to heaven. And we're going to have to confuse them. Otherwise, nothing will be impossible for them to do. So the restoration of that is now, nothing will be impossible for us to do. So I I had, uh, I learned this in uh, men's group. We've had a men's group going. We started it here actually. Lynn and I have been doing it for 30 some years. We started doing it at 5.36 in the morning here when everybody was working. No, we're not working. We still do it on a Tuesday. And it was really an interesting time because uh, it, it came through a man uh, that God had been trying to get in my life and me in his life. And, and to understand this process, you know, the last time I spoke, I spoke on forgiveness. And, and God had to take me through a process of discipline. And so, you know, I look back at God disciplines those he loves. So he must really love me (laughs) because it's like, but that, you know, that comes out of Hebrews. You know, my son, don't regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. You've got it up there, Matt. Nor faint when you're reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines and he scourges every son whom he receives. For it's for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons for what son is there whom his father does not discipline but our, I'm going clear clear to 10 okay but if you are without discipline which all of which all have become partakers then you are illegitimate children and not sons so I'd rather having discipline me because then he's then I know that I'm his son furthermore we had earthly fathers to discipline us and we respected them Shall we not much rather be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share what? His holiness. And that's our goal because he says we're supposed to be holy like he's holy. How do I do that? Well, he's got to throw some stuff out. He's got to throw some of me out. And so this is this is the process that I went through with this um, I had a man I met about 10 12 years ago on a snowmobile snowmobile ride and uh, he lives in Shelley. Still lives in Shelley. His name's Todd Pierce. And when I met him the first time, it's like, I know who you are. Yeah, you're the chaplain of PBR, Pro Bull Riders. I see you on TV. In fact, I even saw you on TV when you were riding Bronc. And it's like, yeah, I remember. Yeah, you were in contention for the national championship before you got hurt. You were in the top three of the Bronc riders in the nation. it's like, yeah, you're... (laughs) Yeah, you were, like, the best in the world. And... It's like, yeah, you know, shook his hand. Hi, how you doing? And it's like, and then I had a tape that would play in my head when I would meet people that were the best in the world. And I had met a number of them. And it's like, I would start this tape, and it would go, he doesn't need another groupie, or she doesn't need another groupie. You met him; It's nice. You're not starstruck. What do you have to offer them? No big deal. You met him. It's okay. You don't need to follow after him. It's all right. So I had this little tape going on like that. So I met him. But God kept bringing him across my path. And it's like, what's going on? So we actually saw, we were up to a a conference at Living Waters Ranch and actually ran across him. And it was one of those times we had a little more time. And he goes, I remember you you're yeah you're like you're Eric it's like yeah I know who you are and uh his son was there and we got talking and he was saying yeah my son just got back from a year at uh, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry I didn't even know who he is I've got to go down there and find out what in the world they're doing to change these kids cuz my my son is completely different this is crazy and it's like you know we have a men's group, and we meet every Tuesday at seven. And you know, if you ever want to come, so we'd be glad to have you. And uh, just you know, he goes, I never know where I'm coming from or going to, but give me a text, and if I'm in town, I'll uh, I'll drop by. So just this one day, it's just like I get we exchange phone number, So I give him a text. It's about four o'clock. It's like, hey, men's group tonight, seven seven p.m. And didn't get a text back. And all of a sudden, we're in men's group, and Todd rolls in. It's like, cool, you know? It's like, there's this guy, you know? He's, yeah, he's got some depth to him. It's like, yeah, I appreciate that. And he just came in and goes, oh, I just came in from Minneapolis. I mean, I flew in at 4 o'clock. I ran home, kissed my wife, kicked the dog, and came in. You know, it's just like, it's, and just sits in there. It's like, cool. It's like, and he's just sitting there and going, I'm kind of in a pickle, you know, it's like, well, what's going on? It's like, we're actually moving to Southern California or to California to Redding because I want to move down there and see what's going on at Bethel. Something's going on there because kids are coming out of there. You won't believe my son that it's crazy, absolutely crazy. And so I've got to move all my household furnishings. My diesel's broke and my son's got to go to Jackson to work for the summer to make money. Uh, my my truck's broke. It's got bald tires. And he just goes on and lists all these things. And we just kind of grin at him. And it's like, well, why don't you let us help you? And it's like, what do you mean? And it's like, well, I said, I've got a diesel. Now, I've learned since then <laughs> <laughs> that I'm going to look at what I'm going to tow. <laughs> Before I opened my mouth, <laughs> because this was a 37, the box of the trailer was 37 feet, and I know I had to weigh at least 17,000 pounds. So it's like, hey, I got a diesel; I can tow anything. Until I saw it, it's just like, I'm walking down the end of this thing. It's like it's got three axles, and it's like, oh my, I can't even park it in front of my house because it covers up two driveways, and, so, and I can't get it in my driveway. And then Lynn says, well, I'll take your son to Jackson. And another guy says, well, I'll buy tires for your truck. And it's just like, and he starts bawling, and he says, well, I'm a pastor. I came here to minister. What's going on? God starts downloading to him going, you need to speak this to him. It's like, you're going to go through a period right now of receiving. You can go kicking and screaming you can walk into this season of your life of receiving and I spoke that over him and he goes but but it's like Lord disciplines and chastises whom he loves you need to be receiving right now you've given for the last 17 years and you've been running hard your family suffered from it your wife suffered from it you need to move into this season great prayer time great ministry time during this and uh So we get to the end, and we usually spend a half hour or so in prayer. So I'm going to get a little dramatic in here because I want you to know what went on within in me. And so we start in prayer and just listening. And I want I I want to ask you that just like and follow up what Ben said. You talk and this is not a rhetorical question, so I'm a teacher, so I'm going to look at people, and I might even call on you, so do you talk to God? Does he talk to you? How does he talk to you? Can you hear his voice? You know, there's a couple of things that I like to say when I'm hearing stuff. One of them's, who told you that? If you can hear God, and you can ask, who told you that? And go back and say, you told me that. And measure it by the word. Yeah. Then you're starting to hear God. I have conversation with God. I hope you have conversation with God. I have conversation with God just like we would sit in there and Dave and I would have conversation. We have dialogue together. Sometimes it gets hot. Not on his side. <laughs> But it gets hot on my side because a long time ago I gave God permission to offend me. Does God have permission to offend you? And what do I mean by that? We all have beliefs, you know. We all have thoughts that we've, you know, believed all our lives. That we think we've learned, we've been taught this, and uh, God's never going to contradict His word but he will contradict our understanding of his word. And this is what he was starting to do with me in this prayer. Now I'm with, I don't know, there was probably a dozen guys in this group. And I was over men's ministry at the time. So here I am, the leader. And all of a sudden, he's starting to minister deeply to me. And he's offending me. And so we start in prayer. God says, I said, yeah. He said, do you realize how long I've tried to get this guy in your life? What do you mean? I need him in your life and I need you in his life. It's like, you know, I'm still just barely hearing the knock. And it's like, and? He goes, you have no idea of the networking in what I want to do, and you have been ignoring this guy for how long now? It's like ten years. He says, "It's time to stop." I said, "Okay, what? What's going on?" He goes, "I think you're mature enough at this point in time to understand why." You've been ignoring him. And a bunch of these other people that I've tried to put in your life. It's like, okay. (laughs) He goes, it's insecurity. And so I'm in prayer. I'm all bent down praying. But this is what's going on in the spirit. Insecurity? Are you kidding me? What? do you say I'm insecure? What are you talking about? I'm the most secure person I know. (laughs) I moved 1,800 miles away from my family to an area that I have no idea. I didn't know a person. I started my own life. I got married. I had kids. Are you telling me I'm insecure? I can go anywhere with people. I can go anywhere without people. Insecure? Are you crazy? And he's just sitting there going, just tell me when you're done. (laughs) I go, fuck. Okay. What do you got? And then he pulled it out. He said, you don't think they'll like you if they get to know you. And I just, snot and tears. And I mean, I'm crawling under the table. Okay, you got to remember the setting. I'm with a bunch of men that I'm supposed to be leading. And I mean, I've already used my sleeves up. I'm starting on pant legs, trying to wipe my nose and stuff. And I can see my men coming up and going, dang, Strom's getting tore up on this one. Man, he must be going deep. And it's like, you need to get over yourself and move into this. And it's like I come up and it's like, I mean, I'm, they're all looking at me. It's like, whoa. And I was like, Father, I am so sorry. I had no idea. But you hit that so right on the head because every time I would start that tape about you don't need a groupie, you don't need another person on your list. You don't need another friend. That was the root cause. And it's like, well, how do you know it's God? And it wouldn't have come up in your own head. Amen. And that there's love behind it. There's freedom behind it. And there's maturity behind it. And I go, so what are we going to do with this? So I leave on Thursday, take this trailer down to Redding, California. I've been through Needles, California. That's all of California I never wanted to be in. So I drive into Redding. And it's just like, this is a different world. Is this in the United States? It's like, I mean, they got border crossing when you come in. It's like, what do you got in the trailer? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> and they're going do you got a CDL for this I think It's like, it's like I really don't know. It's like, can you open it? It's like, I don't have a key. <laughs> so, I trust them pretty well. I think it's household furnishings, but yeah, if you gotta take me to jail, I guess it's so, so anyway, they let me go on through. So we get down there and, and I unload the trailer and we go to the store and I'm in there uh, Leslie and the youngest go into the store to get some some food and, and I'm sitting in a truck with Todd. And so I have to I have to talk to Todd. I said, Todd, I have to tell you what was going on at the the meeting this last Tuesday. And so I confessed to him and I said, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I don't know what God's gonna do. But I wanna renounce that spirit of insecurity. And uh from that time on, God knit our hearts together like like you can't imagine. It's like we've known each other for 30, 40 years. Started to partner with him. We went to an Indian reservation last October. We went in there. He's a horse whisperer. He breaks horses with love, just like God does. And so if you've never seen anything like this, he did an event a few years ago uh, out at Sandy Downs where he'll take a wild horse And be riding it, usually within a half hour. And I mean, these are rank stinking horses. I mean, they're three-year-olds, and they've never been ridden before. And it's amazing. But what he does is what God does to us. He can take a guy like me, and I can be thrown, and I just act just like that horse. I can throw my hat and kick it. Are you kidding me? And he just sits there in love going, just, just let me talk to you. Just let me love on you. I just want to make you something that you're not. And so we went to this Indian nation at Fort Belknap. There were four of us. And uh, we went up and we did these horse events up there. Now, in the Indian culture, horses are integral. I mean, they're, they're just a part of it. This was amazing. And then we got an opportunity to sit in front of the council. So the president, which is, you know, what white men would think of as the chief, but he's the president of the council, with council members, and they said, we have never had anybody come into the reservation like you have. We would invite you back. You had no agenda except love. You didn't preach to us. You loved us. You can come back anytime, as many times, whenever you want. Amen. Because we didn't come in with an agenda. All we came in with was with the love of God. And he said, and the president said, We have never invited white men back because they always come. And we took a chance with you. And I was supposed to go another reservation next to him, the Rocky Boy Reservation. And I couldn't go, and Todd said, they wouldn't have let you in. He went by himself, which is a very hard thing to do because you got a lot of stuff that you've got to set up with him when he does these events. And he says, you couldn't have gone because they wouldn't have let you in. I was the only one they could let in, but they just, you know, other than this COVID thing. Um, and so it worked out the way God said, but they said, you will be getting invites to all the reservations now in Montana, because we will spread the news. Amen. And they even, you know, they, I had one uh, one young man, he was about 17, came up, and I just walked up to him, kids and dogs, that's what I get drawn to. Um, I just came up and he looked at me and says, are you a Christian? I took a big breath. I was like, help me God, say the right thing. I said, I hate to be, be defined by a label, because... My label may not be what you think of as the label that you're throwing out. Uh, So I'd rather be defined by a function. And so I'm a lover. I'm a lover of people, especially young people, because that's what I spent my life doing. And so that's what I do. And he just looked at me and went, that is a good answer. (laughs) And, And then it's like word spreads through all, then pretty soon they start coming up and we start talking with them all. But it was was amazing to do that. When we got back and started on our way home, the four of us, uh, one guy piped up and said, you know, I was prophesied over years ago about I would stand before leaders of nations. I really didn't understand what that meant until today. And there were three out of the four guys that said, I've been prophesied over the same thing that I would stand before leaders of nations and testify to the goodness of God. And so you never know what God's going to do with this. But I can tell you, because of this insecurity being gone, I go to places like in Africa, and I know many of you have been to missions and all this, but I go to Africa, to Liberia, which is not generally thought of as a vacation land, ravaged by civil wars. I stay with the guy that by his own admission and on court record that he's killed over 20,000 people. That's who I stay with when I go there. And we minister over there, and we work with ex-child soldiers that were drug addicts. And, I mean, it's a whole big story. I'd love to tell you that sometime. And if some, you know, you come to maybe a reception that we're having at the end of the month, sorry, shameless plug, <laughs> that uh, we'll have a chance that you could take advantage of being part of that. Um, and and I'd love to tell you about that. But t- while I was there this last time, uh, Joshua, who actually was running the country uh, at a time because the president had come out of his tribe, was on the phone, and he's going, you, you got to understand this is a very man-oriented society. He's going, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, on the phone, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, mm-hmm. yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. I'm just looking, What are you doing? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And then he looks at me and hands me the phone. It's like, in Liberia, who's going to talk to me in Liberia? It's like, I said, who is it? He goes, it's the vice president's wife. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am. I I just want to invite you to dinner, but we've been gone, and, and so... Uh, next time you come back, Joshua's talked to me about you, and I want to invite you over, and I just want to thank you, and then I just want you to meet my family and my husband, and we just want to be able to support you. It's like, yes, ma'am, yes, (laughs) ma'am, yes, ma'am, I will. Just make sure you let Joshua know so he can let us know we've been out of the country, and it's just like, so because I didn't have the spirit of insecurity, I can talk to somebody like that. And he's opened up doors. Uh, One of them was through Todd. About six years ago, I was at a conference in Las Vegas. We go down to International Church of Las Vegas. They have great speakers there. Um, You know, I could drop names all day. But I was watching one from Bethel, Chris Voliton. And uh, God said, you're going to meet him. He's going to know your name and you're going to he's going to know your name and you're going to know his name and it's like <laughs> <laughs> that's funny you are so funny god oh, i can't believe it yeah, it's like yeah okay whatever you know? it looks like all right so last april i get a call from todd says we want to do this event down in texas we got we have this ranch it's called the Wildcatter ranch and it's it's uh, in fact This is the story that Lonesome Dove came out of this whole area in this ranch. And so it's a resort-type ranch. And we're going to have this uh, small group of men, about 30, 40 guys. And I'm going to do it. And Jason Voliton, Chris's son. And Chris is going to be there. And so we'll have ministry time, personal ministry. And God's going, Hello, remember what was prophesied over you? It's like, okay, yeah. So I get there, and I like to sit in the front because I'm a people watcher. And if I sit in the back, I'm going to watch you all. So I have to sit in the front so I'm not distracted. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And so I sit up front, and they come in. And who sits next to me? Chris Vallotton. And he's a year younger than me. So we're the two old guys there. I'm the old guy. He's a year younger. And so he sits down there, and we just start talking. And I don't have this spirit of insecurity anymore, so I can sit there and look at him. We start joking about stuff, telling old guy things, you know. It's like, have had a knee replaced yet? No, I have one. You know, it's like, how's your back doing? It's like, oh, yeah, it's doing pretty well, you know. So we just start telling jokes. You got grandkids? Yeah, I got one grandkid. We just start laughing and stuff. And so we end up sitting there the whole conference and just talking and joking and getting to know each other. And I'm and I'm not saying I'm his best friend or anything like that, Okay. But it's just one of those like, God's saying, do you start to understand what I'm doing here? It's like, no, I don't. But it's okay. Right. I'm going to let you. Right. I'm going to let you do it, whatever you're going to do. So we go back to Las Vegas because they have conferences in January and in July. And who's speaking? Chris. So he's in there, 5,000 people, you know. Then they have these breakout sessions in the mornings. And so I go to his session, walk up, and he goes, hey. It's like, yeah, I was down there in Texas with you. He goes, yeah, that's right. You know? It's like, yeah. So we reconnect, and it's just like, I don't know what you're doing, God, but it's okay. And you're putting something together. I don't know what it looks like, but you do, and I'm okay. But it wouldn't have happened. Because I would have done this before. Doesn't need another groupie. I don't have anything to offer him. But God does. And if we can't get over that hurdle, God can never do. We always say, oh, it's a small world. No, it isn't. It's God's world. He knows everybody. Before the foundation of the world and he's put together stuff, and we don't play our part. It doesn't happen. And for so many years, I didn't play my part. And now I know time's getting short. And so it's, it's like, whatever you want to do, I don't care. Let's just get on with it. And that's, I feel like a racehorse, and that's why I'm so excited about being here. Because I just see, i have started to see with God's eyes the potential that he wants to move into all of us. He wants us to operate in the fullness of Christ. My spiritual son, Jonathan, said something last Tuesday. Got to take another drink. He said, you know, we're just kind of, I'm just kind of getting comfortable in my own skin. God stopped me right there. They went on in that conversation, and me and God went on in that conversation. And we finally got a pause, and it's like, I don't want to be comfortable in my own skin. Now, you got to think about what I'm going to say. I want to be comfortable in God's skin. So can I find that in the Word? Pull that up. But put on the Lord Jesus. Put on the Lord Jesus. Bring up the next one. Galatians 3.27. For all of you who are baptized in Christ have clothed yourselves. Same word that says it. We are to put on the Lord Jesus, just like, and that's what it says, to put on clothes just like that. We are to get comfortable in Christ's skin, in him. We are to do that so people can recognize him as we walk. Now, that's... That takes a little bit for me, and and I don't want to say to get comfortable with, but to realize, to really think about that, to get, and and I read these verses, but God always quickens things with verses, you can read them a hundred times, all of a sudden God says, no, I want you to read that again, no, I want you to really read that, no, I want you to read that and I want you to put it inside. No, I want you to put it inside and I want you, I want it to flow all over. Now I want you to put it on the outside. Now I want you, yeah, I want you living in, I want you living and walking in this. Because the last verse I had, Matt. In 1 Corinthians 6. Don't you know your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit? That's what happens when we put on Jesus. Who is in you, who you have from God. It's not, you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. It's the greatest p- price ever paid. Verify. Therefore, glorify God in your body. And so I think this insecurity, I know it hampered me for years. I can't even remember how many people have passed through my life that I ignored because you don't need another groupie, you don't need another friend. I got nothing to offer you. Yeah, you do. You got Jesus to offer whatever he wants, and that's okay. So I'm going to ask if that's as spoken to you today. See, see God always speaks in invitations. And it's an invitation with love. And an invitation is only realized if we respond. And it's our ability to respond is whether we take advantage of the invitation. So if we look at that word, responsibility, that's our ability to respond. It's our responsibility to to take the invitation. I want to pick up this invitation. But if I never do, nothing ever happens. That's how God works. And so I want to give an invitation. If you believe, and the Holy Spirit has spoken anything today with you, that insecurity has hampered you in any kind of manner, we want to pray and get it off because it's got no part in our lives. It's got no part in this body. It's got no part in our families, our community, our nation, and the world. So I'd like you to respond. So if you have a hand raised, if you want to come up, we can pray for you. If you just want to stand, Ben and I will pray and others will pray for you. But I want, to make that a, I want to make that an invitation to get rid of that insecurity
0: right now. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you didn't get a chance to give already, you can send a text message with a cash amount to the phone number 84321. Remember, the mission field is all around you. So go in the power of Jesus and bring that transformation for his glory.